North Otago. It's rich in history and strong in character. And you have found the podcast that celebrates all that is good within our district. Join Gary and Damien every week as they either interview a legend or someone who is putting North Otago on the map yet again. North Otago legends, up-and-comers, and a bit of history. The name says it all. Hello again, Damien. Hey, Gary. It's twice in a week I've seen you. Yeah, yeah you're lucky. Yeah, no, well, it wasn't a great night at the North Otago, what, is it Waitaki Sports Awards? Waitaki Sports Awards. Yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm really impressed with the young people coming through and the quality of the nominations mm. for our young people, even in um, refereeing or participating, and then it's amazing what we have in this yeah. district, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, my welcome, you know, I gave that guarantee that, you know, people will get blown away with what, you know, the nominations and so forth. And, and you made two and, guarantees. Well, I made two. And yeah. the second one was a s- absolute certainty yeah. <laughs> that we were going to have some great food at. Uh, the loan of Merck. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that first one, it's like when they start getting running through those nominations and start listing all of those achievements that, that uh, young people in particular have made, uh, you know, regionally and nationally and even internationally. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Well, those young girls with their horse riding and competing overseas in that now, like, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. And then that young swimmer, well, she's only 12, and she's been the Otago under 12 rep, well, number one for the last three years. Yeah. Like, We've got some very talented people. Yeah, and and uh, male sportsperson of the year and and overall sportsperson of the year, Logan. Yeah, young yeah. Logan Doherty. Yeah, never seen a man train so hard. Yeah, no, yeah. he's a real athlete. Yep, and yep. of course he was podcast number two. Yes, he was. Was it number two? Gosh, that oh. was a long time ago. Or did we was one two? <laughs> he might have been four. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, hey, let's get on today's guest. I'm going to let you introduce this gentleman because you seem to know him a lot better than I do. So. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, it's someone I've, I've known for quite a long time, initially by reputation, but then uh, got got to meet him and, and um, do a few things alongside him. Um, so, yeah, real pleasure to have someone who's been very busy, very active in the business world, who's um, done some pretty marvellous things here, but also, you know, has gone away and, and done some even bigger things. So I'm very pleased to welcome Peter Ray to this podcast. Hi, Gary. Hi, Damien. Good to have you here, Peter. Oh, lovely to be here, back yeah. in the old hometown. Yes. And and so you um, you, you mentioned uh, before coming here, you'd just been up around the around the neighbourhood and, and looked at your you know, where you'd grown up or, or had lived. Well, I, I took a drive past 84 Hull Street, which was a, a wonderful home for me for yeah. many years. Yeah. So I have a few questions for you, Peter, just so I can get to know you. So let's go right back. Are you a uh, true blue Waitakian? Were you born here in Omaru? Are you uh, are you from this district or did you move in at a later date? Uh, absolutely. I uh, born in Omaru. Yep. Uh, one of a family of ten children. So wow. A typical, humble Omaru upbringing, but a good upbringing. Um, I was educated in Omaru. Initially, St Joseph's Primary School, then St Patrick's, yep. on to St Kevin's, and then uh, I went on to uh, study accounting. And I worked in Omaru, spent my first 50 years here, wow. and hope to spend the next 50 in Canterbury. Yeah. 
That's a goal. Setting a goal. That's <laughs> a good goal. Well, let's go back. So, obviously, you're from a good Catholic family with 10 children. So, a Catholic family. I'm yes. not sure about good Catholic. Good Catholic family. <laughs> Where did you fit in the family or peck in order? I was number eight. Yep. Ah. Uh, yeah. So, yep. It'll be that whole thing, you know, the family, you know, the, the oldest ones have to be the, the diligent ones. And, and then look after, and, and, and then young ones just so rung them up. Young, Is that yeah. what you're trying to say about Peter? Well, yeah, he, he, I don't know. It'd be interesting to ask him about, you know, about what he got up to as a young teenager yeah. and uh, into his 20s. But, yeah, we'll, we'll get, get on, on to that. that. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yep, so what about sport? Did you start playing sport or were you more academic through the schooling well, years? Like all kids, I, I played sport. We all played rugby, but I was never going to make the All Blacks. So I was probably more of an academic than a, a sportsman. Yep. So you became an accountant. So you know, was maths kind of your thing going through school? What was it? Mathematics was probably my strongest mm. field. Yeah. Um, one of my great involvements is finance. And as you went through primary school, so um, St Joseph's, you went there, and that would have been, was it quite a few nuns there at that time? Yes, we had the nuns back in those days. Yeah. And, of course, the Christian brothers at St Kevin. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, certainly um, going through that, I mean, you, know, you hear all the horror stories about nuns and, and, and rulers and knuckles and things. <laughs> Much truth to that one, Peter? Uh, yes. <laughs> Are you speaking from first-hand experience? Yeah, absolutely. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. So did you get up to some hijinks in the classroom? Oh, many, many times. Right. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, I remember an episode at uh, Woodwork. We used to go to the middle school for woodwork classes. And I, I on that particular day, played up and the... Uh, the tutor screamed at me and said, who is the monitor here? And I said, I am the monitor, sir. <laughs> <laughs> right, not a good role model necessarily. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, that's funny. And, um, yeah, so middle school, um, yeah, for those who aren't aware, is now the hospital. But, uh, yeah, right. it was kind of the centre and, and um, before intermediate was set up, is that right? Yes, I think so. Yeah. Mm. And what's your early, like, uh, obviously Christmas holidays, what your early memories of North Otago, winter, you know, what comes to mind when you mention growing up in North Otago? Well, like, you... like most of the kids at St Patrick's, um, my first work was picking potatoes for the Chinese community. Yeah. And it's something I've never forgotten, um, not just the, the learning of the work ethic, but the wonderful people that were part of that Chinese community. And I've kept in touch with many of them to this very day. Mm. Well, we interviewed, um, you'll know, uh, Peter Lee. Yes. Yeah, we interviewed him a couple of podcasts ago. So right. he had an amazing story about right. when, he, when he came out to yeah. New Zealand and how he got here and all of that. Yeah. So they were a wonderful community. Yeah. Really. Mm. And, and certainly potato picking. <laughs> You definitely need to learn a, a work ethic, and you, you know it's hard work. And um, yes. turning up on and and spending a whole day doing that—it's not easy. Speaking from experience, I didn't last. To it, be fair, it, it was a good day's work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I got back to other jobs that uh, at that age. Mm. But yeah, so um, did you do any other jobs as as a youngster? 
Oh, I can't recall. I, I did all sorts of things around the village, but um, mm. certainly picking the potatoes was the uh, the one that sticks in the memory. Yeah, so. yeah. And um, so, yeah, you went through um, through those years. You got to high school. Um, was there any particular teachers that, uh, at primary or high school that you that stood out that uh, made a difference to you? Oh, we had a great bunch of teachers all round, really. And in those days, they were they were dedicated Christian brothers. So their only role in life really was to see the success of their their students. You know, mm. they they weren't heading off to other other work or other other activities. They they were yeah. extremely devoted bunch. And uh, no, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the. Education. Yeah. So who who was um, who who were the principals during those times? You know, who who were the leaders there? Oh, there was Brother Mills, um, Tweedy Bloom, <laughs> Brother Carroll. Right. Yeah, many, many. Okay. And that was just Ma- a- mainly Australian. Were they? Okay. And again, again, I I developed quite an affection for uh, Australia and Australians. Right. Uh, probably. Stemming back to those early days with the Christian brothers, and yeah. uh, I, I, to this day, I still spend quite a bit of time in Australia. So, as you were going through high school, what, what, what are your particular memories from those days? Was it was it was it pretty cruisy for you? Were you, were you a good worker? Cruisy, yeah, yeah, it was cruisy. Yeah, you got um, obviously got UE. Yes. Yeah, and so you went through to seventh form. Yes. Yeah. And family life then, I mean, I, I suppose you're at school at the same time as a number of your siblings and so on, so it would be quite a family affair. Yes, more so the uh, the bottom three of us um, because there was quite a range, as you can right. imagine, over ten children. Mm. And my eldest brother, Eric, had gone to Wellington. And in those days people didn't come home for weekends, long mm. weekends, any weekends. Mm. Um, so I never really knew Eric until he knocked on the door one day and uh, we lived in a big old rambling house in Thames Highway, 312 Thames Highway, and the three youngest boys were, were playing in the house and the doorbell rang at the front of the house. So I trooped up there and opened the door and saw this man standing there in a, a brown gabardine overcoat and a hat and I ran into the kitchen and said mum there's a man at the door and it was my oldest brother oh. Eric wow and that's your first real memory of him yes yeah that's incredible and I'll be seeing Eric this Easter with um, one of my uh, nephews Bill Ray uh, has organized a Ray family reunion yeah in um, Wellington at Easter right so we're expecting quite a turnout for that. And uh, Eric, the oldest brother, is still living in Wellington, but he's moving to Australia to be closer to his family yeah. um, shortly after the reunion. So right. it'll be a great catch-up. Yeah. Yeah, so there'll be a – have you got quite a few siblings still alive? and Are they going to be there? Uh, good question. We, we, we've never been really a, a close family. I, I mean – we, we, we keep in touch, weddings and funerals and that sort of thing. But um, I think there are 
I've got a brother and, and a sister, um, Brian and Patricia, are both still living in Omaru. Mm-hmm. Um, two, two have died. I think John died quite young. He was living in Nelson. Uh, Ivan died on the west coast. But as far as I know, the rest of us are still living. Yeah. Well, Nola, sorry, Nola was living in Blenheim, but she died a few years ago. Mm. Yeah. Oh, well, so well, so seven out of ten still going. Yeah. yeah. Not too bad, but Pretty yeah, bad. I hope the reunion, reunion goes really well. Thank you. Yeah. So tell us about university. What was your goal of going down there? Did you, did you know what you wanted to do or did you well, head down there with it? Yeah. No, when you say head down there, I, I actually remained in Omaru for oh. most of the time. I used to go to and fro Otago University, but I did my qualifications through what was then known as the University of New Zealand, which later became the University Grants Committee. So I I did my study and my qualifications through that that entity. Yeah. And so where were you working at that time? Um, I worked in the ANZ Bank. That was right. my first job uh, under a, a wonderful man, uh, a bank bank manager at that time, a, a gentleman called Ron Lane, and uh, he was a great tutor and and uh, a great man, yep. very very disciplined man. And what, what was your social life during that time? Well, oh, I don't like talking about that, <laughs> but um, I just did what most kids did and drank too much and drove too fast and just, yeah. just the normal things growing up. So that's when every country hall had a dance here and a dance oh, here yeah, and everyone yeah. went along. That, and That's yeah. right. Well, my very good friend, Alan Gray, um, I, I helped Alan out at... Club 100, which was the local nightclub scene at St Patrick's Hall, and uh, I still catch up with Alan, who's now living in Dunedin and Wanaka. Right. Uh, we we lunch together in Christchurch every so often. So was that a bit of exposure to someone being in business and and you know helping out, and was yes. that sort of part of that forming you know where you eventually got to with business well, ownership? It was a mix of. Business and entertainment, it was a, <laughs> right? A lot, a lot of fun, but yeah. uh, the Saturday night dances were, were great. Yeah, and um, yeah, liquor licensing was slightly different, and attitudes to, to to alcohol was a bit different then. Yes, well, well, of course, along came the um, the vote, uh, and uh, people took the cautious route and voted for the licensing trust and. Uh, I think at the time, and, and I, I became a member um, and chairman of finance for the licensing trust. I think I was on the board for about nine years, and I, th- I think the Omaru licensing trust served Omaru extremely well. But I did co- I did come to the view later that uh, I felt it had done its time, and uh, I felt that there was no longer a need for licensing trusts. Mm anywhere in New Zealand because uh, I tend to be uh, very much a private enterprise man and uh, I, yeah, yeah. I, I felt they had, had served Omri very well but their time had come. Yeah. So, so what, what was the time frame that you were on the trust? What, what sort of years was that? Oh, hell, that's a difficult one. <laughs> <laughs> Was it like the, I, I know the, 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 the 70s or so? Was, yes, uh, probably. I, yeah. I, was, I was there for about nine years. Yeah. yeah. And at that stage, I mean, they have facilities all the way down to Waikoweti. Oh, they created great facilities throughout yeah. North Otago. Didn't they have a, um, 
premise down Dunedin as well? I heard. Oh, they bought a hotel. On? Yeah. Um, down there later on. I'm not sure that that went particularly well, but that might be before your time. Well, in my day, it was um, Omaru, yeah. Hamden, Wacker White, of course. Yeah. Was part of yeah. Palmerston. Palmerston, Wahima. And mm. Enfield. And the legendary Enfield uh, was done during my time on the board. Yeah. yeah. The legendary Bevan Crombie, of course, was our long-serving chairman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So let's... Let's get into it. So you're known now, you're probably best known as a businessman. Um, and so you're working at the ANZ. You finished your course. How did you transition or what was the transition into business or owning your own business? Where well, I-, uh, I, I was working in, at the bank and one of our customers approached me one day, a gentleman by the name of Wynne Leggett, and Wynne was putting together a merger of about nine transport companies around North Otago, South Canterbury and East Otago and he, it was sort of modelled on the TNL, Transport Nelson merger that had taken place some years earlier, earlier and Wynne approached me and asked me whether I would be willing to leave the banking career and become the inaugural accountant for the merger company. So after discussing the matter with, with our manager at the bank, um, I accepted the offer and became the accountant for what became Waitaki Transport Holdings Limited. And uh, I worked through my role there as an accountant and later became um, general manager and then managing director. And uh, then I finished up uh, buying into the company and uh, I retired from management after the hydro development schemes wound down. That was a big part of our business. Yeah. So when the schemes wound down, I retired from management and stayed on as chairman of directors of the company and then I later bought out the um, other shareholders. We had a better I think about 160 shareholders. It was an unlisted public company in those days. Mm. And then I restructured the company, which became Peter Ray Industries Limited. We transferred the transport assets into a separate shell, which became Waitaki Transport Limited. And then eventually I totally exited the transport industry. Right. So that that was quite a transition. So you would have gone from those nine... Company, some of them would have been just, you know, someone just with owning a truck um, through to numbers of trucks and so forth. Yes, was yeah, they, they were generally mid, mid-sized to larger-sized okay. companies and, and we acquired quite a few other companies over the years yeah. as well. Mm. Yeah. And, um, you know, the, is there still Waitaki Transport trucks driving around or have they all changed now? Yes, we, we, we sold the transport business down really in different divisions over the years, but the last freight uh, portion of the original business was, was sold to uh, um, Hoskin Transport, but I think the Waitaki name is still still mm-hmm. in use. Yeah. And so you, you've got involved more and more in other businesses as well. Yes, well, transport was a very tough, tough industry. Yeah. Um, and whilst I, I really enjoyed my time and I, I very much enjoyed the people, 
but it was a tough game. And uh, as I got older and wiser, I found there were easier ways to uh, enjoy life and make money. And uh, I tended to focus on, uh, well, well, I was offered some professional directorships, which I took up and thoroughly enjoyed um, and still do to this day. But um, my own business focus became more towards two, two sectors, property and finance, and uh, that's where I'm mainly sitting at this point in time. So at some stage you bought a little old building down the bottom end of Thames Street? Yes, I did. I, uh, Omaru's first post office. Uh, yeah. I bought that from the government, I think, for $30,000. $30, Not a bad price, and, probably. Uh, yeah, it was a good deal at the time, and uh, we converted that to what is still the the last post pub restaurant. Wow, and that, that was an extremely rewarding project. Yeah. It was uh, very a very enjoyable thing to do. So up to then, the licensing trust pretty much had exclusive rights to, you know, basically sell alcohol in the in mm. the area. So had that been voted out at that stage, so that there was competition. Yes, partially. It was it was a bit of a grey area in, in the law, like a lot of New Zealand law, not extremely well thought through. And we were able to open the last post uh, under the um, understanding that people could come in and drink, consume alcohol, provided they entered with the intention of dining. So it really just became another bar with, with a restaurant attached. Yeah. I, I have vague memories, to be fair, quite vague, yeah. um, of, of, you know, the, the fact that, you know, he, he was something that people could go to that wasn't a, a trust venue and it was um, certainly celebrated by quite a few people, the fact that yeah, this was private enterprise getting into into the business. Yes, it, it was. And, and as I said earlier, even though I, I was a former member of the licensing trust, um, there, were, there was a lot of satisfaction amongst people who just liked to have a, a free enterprise yeah. alternative to yeah. the, the trust structures. And that's in no way denigrating the wonderful work that the trust did for North Otago. So you obviously, your mind was ticking over. You've seen a building and you thought, look, I can turn something around here. Or And the idea was to make a profit, obviously, and but <coughs> something you enjoyed. So is, is that how your mind works? You see something, you start planning an idea and it yes, just comes I, to Yes, I just pass? thought it was a, a great opportunity and uh, I got uh, a local draftsman involved. And between us, we, we, uh, we had a vision for what we wanted to convert the building to, and it, it worked very well. And, yeah. It still um, works well. You can walk in yeah. there today and that that building and the layout and the fixtures and fittings have hardly changed from mm. the day we opened. We put a cover on the courtyard, I think that's the main thing really, yeah, isn't that's it? Right. Yeah. That's right. Are you still the owner or have you since, have you, you still own the business or the, the property or have you sold it? No. I, I mainly developed it for the property, but we did become a shareholder in, in the pub as well, yeah. the pub restaurant, uh, and then later I pulled out of the, sold out of the pub restaurant and yeah. then later on sold sold the building. Yeah. So what other things have you been involved in, property-wise or business-wise, in, well, in, in Omaru particularly? Well, 
Oh, and I'm rude. No, no, just while we're on the last post, um, yeah. we, my second son, George, and I have just kicked into a uh, heritage building redevelopment in Island Bay in Wellington. Right. Uh, and it's a combination of commercial and residential. Um, but it's yeah. great to be back and doing something with a bit of history and heritage. Yeah. And passing on some skills to the next generation. Yes, well, well, George had worked in London. He he uh, he did a building apprenticeship and then right. worked for about three years in uh, uh, for a South African company in London and picked up a lot of skills in right. heritage building redevelopment over there. Yeah, and the oldest son Harry, he's in Melbourne. Uh, he's with NAB, the bank. So I've got a a builder and a banker. Right, my, my two pet loves. Uh, very good, and yeah. So, so what? At what point? You know, what else did you do in Amaru around North Otago? Um, and at what point did you decide that you were going to be leaving and and heading off to bigger pastures? Well, um, I, I stayed in Amaru while my mother was still alive, and uh, I remarried. Um, a Canterbury girl, and we lived in Omaru on the understanding that uh, after Mum died, we, we would move to Christchurch, and uh, that's exactly what we did. I think 1994, I packed up and moved to Sumner, right. and we're still on the same property in Scarborough to this day. Yeah. And... and uh, loving it. Yeah. Yeah, you didn't stop... Um, your association with the area, and, and, and you certainly didn't stop um, being involved in business. Oh You've no, been no. In, many in fact, I, 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 for many many years, I still travelled monthly to Omaru. Mm. Not so much now, but it's all great to be back and yeah. catch up on a few old mates. So, yeah, I think I might have remembered you at um, a, a bit of a 60th birthday party, maybe hosted at our place at one stage. But that sounds correct. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I lasted as long as you guys did, but um, yeah, it was, it was a good. Yeah, mm. yeah, my father-in-law. Mm. A wee while ago now. Anyway, um, so yeah, what, what what else have you been busy with? Um, you know, up in Canterbury. Um, well, in Canterbury, um, finance company. I, I bought into a long-established finance company, Mutual Credit Finance Limited. Uh, so a colleague and I are the two shareholders on that, and uh, that's a very successful business, lending predominantly to the property development people mm-hmm. you know, throughout Canterbury and further afield. Uh, I, since I left Almaru, I became the independent chairman of the Lye family companies based in Ashburton, and they operate the Mitre 10 mega stores uh, in Ashburton, Timaru and Omaru. And, of course, I've uh, had great dealings with you, Gary, uh, through the redevelopment of the, well, the development of the Omaru mega store in my, my capacity as chairman of the Lai family group. Yeah, no, there's certainly an exciting development for them, you know, going from the Old might attend to this new developed site and, and much bigger, um, 
yeah, it's certainly a very busy place. It's, you know, you go there any weekend and people pouring through the place, getting there to yes. DIY stuff and or going into the cafe. And, yes. Yeah. And, of course, I, I had many memories of the old Gillies dynasty, which was mm. the block that we we purchased between Ribble and, and D Streets. Yeah. And that was um, – yeah, so so basically the um, the company – there's, there's a separate one that run owns the stores and then there's the landlord one, basically the development company, which um, yes. is, is what you're chairing. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah. So, um, yeah, pretty happy with that investment locally? Oh, uh, the Lyre family uh, have done extremely well with their yeah. um, minor-town investments. Yeah, that's been good. Outside of business, what what's your passions? Um. Business, <laughs> uh, racing, horse racing, horse racing. Mm. Oh, we had a guy Williamson on the podcast, and he gave us a few good hot tips once, didn't he, Gary? No, no, they didn't get him. We made lots of money, so yeah, be yeah. careful. Not investing in yeah. with him anymore. I, I was involved with uh, Standard Breads originally, and uh, I was lucky enough to breed and race. The winner of the Dominion Handicap in 1987, mm-hmm. Simon Katz, mm-hmm. and uh, I raced that with, uh, I sold a share on that to an old mate, Stan Francis, who's, yeah. um, of course, road metal fame, who've just done a great development out in the north of Omra. Yeah. Um, and our trainer was Dick Brendergast, another former Omeruvian, mm. still living in Ashburton. Uh, but then I I switched from the the wobblies to the thoroughbreds, and um, got involved in syndication. So I'm currently racing. I can't quote the number in case my wife's listening. But, uh, <laughs> I'm, ra- I'm racing several um, gallopers through the go racing syndications, yeah. and we had um, some great success with winning the. Uh, the Oaks and Wellington a few years back. Yep. It must be a problem when you're with her at a race course and you're, you know, you're getting really excited about a particular horse she knows nothing about. <laughs> uh, so that's um, you know, something that you've obviously been doing for quite a while, but, yeah, you, that, that is your rec- recreation essentially, isn't it? I, I, I enjoy it and uh, we, we meet, you meet a lot of people through the racing industry mm. and uh, yep. it, it's a great form of Relaxation. Yeah. First name basis with Winston Peters, or not quite that far. Um, I would. Yes, I'd, I yeah. would speak to him on the street. Yes. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. He did a great job, as you know, for the racing. He's very passionate about that. He was very, yeah. very passionate. Yeah. yeah. Um, and travel. You mentioned before you like Australia, but you've also. You. I'm assuming you've travelled the world and seen. Yes. So Owen and I have travelled quite extensively um, in the last. Um, particularly in the last 10 years, apart, of course, from the COVID interruptions. But uh, I had a uh, battle. In fact, I had three cancer battles over the last seven years, Uh, three different forms of cancer, um, so prostate, throat, and then lung. But uh, I managed to uh, come out the other side with all three, but... um, over the years, we, we devoted a lot more time to uh, 
travel. Yeah. 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 I've been very fortunate in seeing uh, many, many parts of the world. That uh, would have been a very tough season. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, so it was just one after another after another? Or? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and with no notice, yeah. no direct connection between the three. Mm. Yeah, that's no, bad luck, but, but certainly good that good luck that you got through. Good I'm luck sure. to get through. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you got more, more plans to travel around? Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. We go most to, of your time. We go to Port Douglas every September. That's become a, a bit of a family ritual. And mm-hmm. We recently went to uh, on, a, on a family trip through Tasmania, uh, a place that I'd never been before. Yeah, yeah. I keep getting pointed to that place as uh, an area that's done some really good adaptive reuse of heritage buildings, but I haven't been yes. yet. Very like the west coast of right. New Zealand, South Island. Is that? And I'm just going to jump in there. Is that you saying you want to go there in official capacity? So, <laughs> an all expenses mural, um, no fact finding no. mission, no, no. But people are saying you should go there, yeah, and see what they've done there, because you know you could. I'm sure a lot of people are saying, Gary, you should go there and stay there, but there's that side too, eh? This, <laughs> this isn't about me, Tony. No, sorry. <laughs> The state. Sorry about him. Uh, <laughs> excellent. In Tasmania. The, the yeah. one so one. you'd recommend it? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Very much. Yeah. 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 Uh, that, that's great. And um, so, yeah, they're, they're, when you go to Port Douglas, your um, other members of your family go there and you yes, catch we, up. Yes, we try to get the whole family there yeah. each year. Right. That's mm. good. And so you've got a few grandchildren? Uh, nothing, no. The nothing. boys are both quite bright, um, yeah. so they, they've, they've got steady, steady women. I think they're both um, in excess of five years, um, mm-hmm. but uh, neither have actually married. It just doesn't right. seem to be something Not yet, these yeah. young ones focus on these days. Yeah. So you come from a family of two, and you had two boys, is that right? Two boys. And then they're taking their time, they're more worried about Family. I come from a family of ten. ten. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And then down to two. Two boys. Yeah. Mm. Uh, well, there's still hope yet. I'm sure. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, the um, the other the other things you do in life. What what else brings you pleasure around the? You know, when you're, uh, are you still working? I guess is where I'm getting to. Well, uh, I still work, but I mean, how does one define work? Uh, I, I I can't relax unless I have a project on the go. So, mm. um, but you know, hell, I, I had a day up at the river on Monday. Uh, nice drive to Omaru today. Yeah, catch up on a few things in Timor on the way through. Um, I work, but I, I work at my own pace. Yeah. So I'm certainly not in not in the uh, a nine to five um, category. No, no, but you're not calling yourself retired yet either. No, I, I I'm not sure what that word means either. To be yeah. to be honest, yeah. um, I like to keep the mind active. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's we, we, when you've been doing stuff all your life, and you know hours don't mean too much. Um, no. You know it's. It, yeah, it becomes uh, difficult to switch yeah, off. And I'm just as happy working at home. I, I've worked from home since the earthquakes, of course, because mm. we lost our, our building in the city. Um, but working from home 
the hour of the day or the day of the week uh, is irrelevant as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. So we'll go back to the earthquake. So you you were in Christchurch when uh, the September and then February earthquakes happened? Yes, and I was working in my office at Fawcett Bar House, which right. I was uh, chairman and part owner of, and um, I, I had returned to the building from a meeting only about 10 minutes before the the, the big shake and uh, we were trapped in the building. Um, the, the stairwell had collapsed. Mm-hmm. I went out to check it, uh, opened the door and thank God stepped back quickly when I, I was looking into the darkness and saw that the, the, the stairwell had yeah. totally collapsed. Yeah. So we were trapped in the building for, I think, about five and a half hours before we, we were uh, craned out. Because I think there was photos and so forth of people, you know, getting from one floor Ab- to another on sheets Ab- and things. Abseiling, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, scary stuff. Yes. That would have been very frightening for you, like, and the people there, or not yeah. knowing if there's going to be another shake or what's the next thing to go down? Yes, it, it was the unknown that yeah. was the worst part because the shakes kept coming and, of yeah. course... It seemed to take forever and a day um, for the sirens to sound initially mm. and then for, for any real action, any, any sort of rescue action to, to commence. Yeah. yeah. Could, did, you, did you know what, where your wife was? Or no, we, yeah. no, we had no, no communication yeah. for quite a long time. Yeah, that would so. be scary. Mm. So as a result of that, the building was condemned and knocked down? Or is that, that what happened or...? No, we um, we did a, um, a a very satisfactory insurance settlement on the building, but as part of that settlement, we kept the building yeah. or the the um, the remnants. Um, so I spent the best part of a year convincing the insurance company that the. Uh, the building was um, munted, um, but then as part of the settlement we, we retained the building, so I then spent the next <laughs> six months... Convincing the council it's okay to... Convincing... <laughs> it's not munted. The, the council <laughs> yeah. uh, that it was capable of rebuild, yeah. Yeah. and eventually we, uh, we sold it to... Uh, a party that um, took on the, the yep. rebuild. And, yep. and what is it now? It's now the uh, Crown Plaza Hotel. Right. Yeah. And how many floors was that? Because it, it was one of the tallest. Or... Uh, we, we had 17 floors. Yeah. Big building. Very good. And you're part owner of that. Um, my next question for you, it just I know you've got this project in Wellington with the Heritage Building, but you're a man of projects, you said. Mm-hmm. So what else are you dreaming about? What else are you looking forward to? Um, uh, I'm also involved with a, a group that um, after we sold out of Forsyth Bar House, some of those same shareholders plus a few others purchased a rundown retail development in uh, West Auckland, Henderson. So I'm still involved on the, on the board of that company yep. and uh, we've owned that for quite a few years now and done a, a major 
refurbishment. Yeah. And uh, it's been very interesting uh, watching that whole West Auckland area move up from the low decile mm. to the, the higher decile and we've been part of that growth. So yeah. that's been a very successful venture for our shareholders. Who had the wisdom there to see that that was moving or on the move and to buy into it? Is that something that you foresaw or is that one of the other shareholders? Has that gift to know the right time and season? I, I couldn't possibly take the credit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, there's a small team of us that yeah. were involved in that. Yeah. That's an interesting skill to have. You know, someone it's almost like having a crystal ball, isn't it, Gary? You can look into mm. the future and think, I think this is going to move or change or this is the place to invest into or get out of. And um, you've been pretty successful with that? You've Yeah, very much so. I, I mean, we bought it at a low from from keen, keen sellers. Yeah. You know, typical uh, public, large public company ownership that had sort of lost the plot a little bit on yep. on that particular project. So we bought it at a low and took it through the um, the upgrade and we, we've seen, mm. you know, we, we've moved with the growth of Auckland and had very good capital gains. Yeah. So, so you, you know, over the years you will have learned a lot along the way and what, what to do, what not to do and so I've on. Tr- I've tried to but... but I mean, you're you're always learning. Yeah. Always learning. Yeah. yeah. So, any any particular things that didn't work out, you know? Was, oh, what? many, many, many. Yeah. I'm not here. To, <laughs> not here to talk about them. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough, too. Yeah. Um, yeah. But what what advice would you give to someone who is looking at um, you know becoming more entrepreneurial, getting into property development? Well, I mean, there are many things to learn, but the the main thing is to back yourself. If you uh, you have a vision and you, you believe you can make it work, then uh, my advice is to go for it. And I mean, not not everybody makes it, but that's nothing to be ashamed of. Um, yeah. But I think the big thing is to have a go mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, surround yourself with good people. Yeah. Uh, and and if I two part question, what's the most annoying thing about property development? And in part two is, why is it the council and all their regulations? <laughs> well, I, I have to be very, very careful what, <laughs> yeah, I, what no, I say in, in front of Gary. Yeah. But, uh, no, that was, you don't have to answer that one. We might start I, a rough. I, I can assure yeah. Gary that um, dealing in the old hometown with people like Gary and his cohorts yeah. is a hell of a lot <laughs> easier yeah. than, than uh, you know, the bigger end stuff, uh, yeah. which tends to be much more bureaucratic. But... Mm. It is what it is. Uh, it's only got worse over the years, and it will only get worse again in the future. Mm-hmm. So you just you just have to Roll cu- with it. cut your way through the crap. Yeah, get on with the job. I mean, I'm a pragmatist. I always have been. I, I don't like bureaucracy. I don't like crap. I don't, I don't like um, being held up. I just mm. like to get things done. Yeah. Yeah. No, and it's yeah. It, I think we all get frustrated with the system that we're in. No, to be no, fair, no, no question. And um, but you have to make the most of it. Yeah, it's, there's so much focus on risk mitigation and yes. you know, covering yes. backsides. It's un- unfortunately it's the way. But yes. um, yeah, it is about getting cut, cutting through that and and actually it is what it is. what's what's the outcome we want and yeah, try and make that happen. Just a couple of quick questions for you there. Um, probably the most serious one I'll ask you. Um, 
Now that you're living in Christchurch, do you still support the Hollanders? <laughs> I do. Yes, <laughs> even though they're on a, um, how would we say, a non-winning streak at the moment. They're, they're, they're on a, an improvement grade. Well, they can only go up from bottom of the table. <laughs> but yes, or does that cause a bit of division? Does your wife go for Canary and you for Hollanders? Or Well, well, it was yeah. more, more the boys could never mm. under, mm. understand why their father would be barracking for the Highlanders yeah. <laughs> when they were playing the Crusaders. Yeah. But I said, well, it's my uh, my roots. That's where I'm from. Well, using yeah. that word in the politest possible way, but yeah. my roots are still on Omaroon. Yeah. Yeah. That's and, good. And so one more question. So other than Mata 10, what other, and friendships around, what other interests do you still have in North Otago? Do you have any other business interests or... Have they all since been wrapped up? And uh, I no longer have any direct property yep. interests in Omaru uh, apart from my Mitre Ten Association. Yeah, which but is, I still which love is significant. coming we, back to yeah. the old the old town. And yeah, but you must enjoy coming back, like bringing my do, But boy, it's it's changed. I mean, yeah. I I had a, a cup of tea at the the old Lagonda milk bar. Yeah. I'm not sure if it's still called that. Yep, the tea rooms, yep. Um, and uh, I wouldn't know any of the people wandering up and down the street and wandering in and out of, mm. the, of the tea rooms. No. The, the people have changed uh, since the day when I, I would have known just about yep. everybody walking down Thames Street on a Friday. Mm. Yeah, it's probably, you're right, and probably in the last 10 years, I'd say, Gary, there's been a massive change, and there's yes. been a lot of people come back and start different wee boutique businesses, and we've got a lot of cafes and restaurants, but also um, just with the workforces, dairy farms and the freezing works, we've got a lot of yes. uh, Pacifica and Filipino, and which we never had growing up. You wouldn't have never had no. a high school growing up. No. And now, um, yeah, it, it's changed for the good, but it has changed. Like you, like you say, you just... It's very, very yeah. noticeable. Yeah. Yeah, you certainly go to, if you're sitting down in St Kevin's, <laughs> very different crowd there, apart from the fact that it went co-ed as well. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, that it's, it's a, a very change. different demographic yeah. there now. Yeah. yeah. That's still a good school, though. Still a very good school. Oh, that's great yeah. to hear. Yeah. 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 No, raising some fine young men and women mm-hmm. who've gone on to do great things, as we've seen at the Sports Awards, Gary. Indeed, yeah. yeah. They're definitely featuring there, and they... Yeah. They definitely punch above their weight when it comes to, um, you know, the, what's, what's that rugby competition they have with Waitaki boys each year? Oh, the blood Whatever, match. whatever <laughs> it is. Yeah. That we we yeah. won't talk about that one. The, no, no, yeah. St Kevin's have, have won a fair, a fair share of that considering they've probably only got about half the number of boys. But mm, yeah. yeah. Anyway. Very good. Well, thank you for coming in and seeing us. And I really appreciate you taking time out of your day. I know you're down here for business and catching up. So I really appreciate that you've come in and made the time and I'm sure when people um, listen to this many people will know you from your town with um, through your businesses and especially through um, uh, the pub that's still there and, and restaurant <laughs> and things like that so thank you for what you've done for the community thank you for uh, and thank you for making time for us today my pleasure yeah and just just on that yeah you know, the mention of the last post I mean it really was you know flew the flag for independent you know, hospitality businesses, and and now we do enjoy so many great cafes and restaurants and so forth. It's um, yeah, it's been a big part of leading that change. So, 
Thank you for that, and thank you for everything else you've been involved in. Thank you for bringing us Mighty 10 Mega and <laughs> so on. Um, but, yeah, most importantly, thank you for, for taking time to be with us today. Thank you, Gary. My pleasure. Thanks, Peter. Well, there you go, Damien. Yep. Learned a bit more, didn't you? Uh, no, I did. Yeah, to be fair, um, yeah, I have learned a bit more. I've done, that's the first time I've ever met Peter. I know he knows my father and Dad knows him, but, yeah, for me it's good to learn that, mm. um, some of that history. I'm just wondering, if I mention his name, do you reckon I get a bit of bigger discount at my other 10, or how does that work? <laughs> you, just, you just might. You, you never did, know. You never know. Yeah. Oh, well, Gary, that's good talking to you, um, and I look forward to our next guest. Indeed. All right.